What up and welcome to a podcast with Mo. I am Mo. This is episode 207. On this episode, I'm joined by artist or rapper or I don't remember what he preferred, you know, makes music. Uh, dude by the name of Marco. He's super dope. Check him out. Anyway, I talk about a, my Patreon merch shop. We talk about music, streaming. He's from Long Island. Uh, high school, playlists, more music talk, hip-hop, bar culture, video games, politics, Netflix, all kinds of shit. Uh, thanks for checking us out. A Podcast with Mo. What up? Uh, first things first, uh, consider going to patreon.com slash a podcast with Mo. Giving a dollar or more a month can get you early access to the podcast episodes. They go up as soon as I get them um, mixed down, uploaded, edited. So normally a few days ahead of time. Uh, right now, you could already have November's Best of Music episode. So if that interests you, if you give enough money, you can be a co-producer like my mother, Hurricane Haynes, Pow Wow, and Marshall the Dharma Initiative Bear, you know, supporting this podcast, keeping it going. We also have a merch shop at shop.spreadshirt.com slash a podcast with Mo. Um, I'll put a link to both of those in the episode info if you would like to support the podcast this holiday season. All right. So this episode I'm going to call, um, this is the first time I'm calling someone that's not like a friend. I mean, we may be friends by the end of this. We'll see. Um, but I actually found him through rather Spotify, like editorial playlist or maybe Spotify just discover weekly or whatever, you know, they make. Um, but I became a big fan of this dude. And then I mentioned him on the podcast last week with Soko and then, uh, through Twitter, you know, the magic of the internet, he's like, I'll be on your podcast. So he's about to call in. So this is someone I am a fan of, not necessarily someone I'm friends with. Um, so we're going to see how it goes. But, uh, if I remember correctly, I think he's a rapper out of Long Island, New York. But again, we'll ask him all this shit. Um, I would call him, I've been calling him Marco, um, myself, but it's spelled M-A-R-C-A-U-X, like Mark Ox. So we're going to ask him about that shit, too, because I feel like an idiot if I can call him the wrong name over here. So anyway, I'm going to give him a call. Yo, what's up, man? Yo, what's going on, bro? Not shit. Um, all right, first question I got to get into. How do, what's your, how do I pronounce your name? Is it Marco or Mark Ox? Marco. Perfect. I feel like a fucking genius. Yeah, it's genius. just spelled funny. So pe- <laughs> I just literally did that so people could find it on Google easier. Right. I mean, it makes sense. Uh, we have this guy we play on the music podcast, and his name's Bo, just B-O. And it's uh-huh. so fucking hard to find it on Spotify. And I'm like, dude, you're so good, but like, yeah. you can't find it. So Exactly. Exactly. I just made it an easier type out or a more unique type out, I guess. Right. Well, hell yeah. Um, I just, I don't know if you said it in a song or if I just read it one day and was like, I bet that's Marco, but now I just feel so cool. So um, I <laughs> <laughs> appreciate you being on the podcast. I explained in this little intro here that you're like the first person that's not like an internet friend of mine being on the podcast. You're like someone I'm a fan of and we connected oh. and now you're on. So like, this is a big day in fucking a podcast with Mo. Bill. Oh, that's awesome, man. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you for, thank you for supporting my music as well. I appreciate that. Yeah, man. I don't, I, I would say, I don't know if it was a discover weekly, you know, that Spotify does, or if you were on a Spotify editorial playlist. Um, if so, congrats on that. But somehow you came across my radar and then I was like, I'm going to check out another song and then another song. And I was like, man, this dude's fucking awesome. And, uh, last night I showed my music co-host who comes on the music episodes, skinny, 
um, like all your whole discography, basically. And uh, we were really vibing the Cedar Creek. So that's our jam at the moment. Oh, hell yeah. Yeah, it's like my favorite song on the EP as well. Um, really deep, really, really hard to write, to be honest. Yeah, I mean, and I think that comes across, uh, you know, like I'm not a successful rapper or anything, but I like to think, you know, I know how to write a little bit. And it it changes your perception whenever you start writing how about other artists' music. It just does. You're like, oh, shit. And uh, after the first line, my homie Skinny was like, I love it. Just your first line. He was like, I already know I love it. Um, but he has like PTSD and, uh, you know, his own stuff. And so he was just like, I already know I feel this. I already connect to it. And so anyway, it was a good time. So hopefully Thanks, everyone man. that listens goes and checks out your shit. So how long have yeah. you uh, been doing all of it? Um, I mean, like putting stuff out on the Internet, I would say since I was 18 years old, um, I'm 25 now, so I'm also very bad at math but uh that's how long i've been doing it uh, i started like with putting songs out on uh soundcloud and all that and uh a few albums one of them was free a couple of them you know back when like itunes was still a thing right um just a long journey but i've been writing since like i was in middle school yeah um i, I think it comes it's usually across the way it works yeah that you've been writing for long. see i uh for me, I never even thought about music when I was younger. Like I wasn't in band. Like I went to this really small school in Oklahoma and in fifth grade, they said you can be in PE or you can be in band. And if you're not in PE, then the football coach won't like you as much. Like that was just the the feeling I had got. So I was like, well, I can't be in band. And then when I was in like eighth grade and I was like, Hey, I would love to play an instrument. They're like, well, no, you didn't choose right in fifth grade. You can't do it. So like, I'd always been like shut out. And like hip hop just was like so perfect because like I could always kind of freestyle and stuff. And then uh, in the last few years, I've taught myself to make beats and I'm just like diving into all this music theory stuff that just really doesn't make any fucking sense to me. But like it's also super fun. Like I just love it. Yeah, that's funny because I, I, I dove into a, a two of your projects and um, just by like the style that you have, I would have figured that you've been uh, rapping like since you were little. Right. I, I've always had a really good delivery. Um, you know, I really uh-huh. sound like I'm talking some shit. And uh, I think that really came out when I was came to college. I would just go to these parties and I'm like pretty fucking shy um, and introverted. So I, I would be like, well, I'll freestyle in your little freestyle groups. That's fine. You know, I'd listen to people rap. And at that time, yeah. I love this Dallas rap group called DSR. And all the dudes at the parties were just still in DSR line. So like I was really good at calling them out in the middle of the freestyle groups and shit. And so, holy shit, that's awesome. I just really, really enjoyed that aspect of it. And then, um, you know, I wasn't a because I've been I've been riding with a friend of mine who's in jail at the moment. Um, and he's like, man, you should have been pushing harder back then. And I was like, but I just didn't have the experience or like the know how or I don't know. Like I was just meant, I think, to kind of learn it later. I don't know. Like I have this feeling sure. like this is just my journey, man. You know, like I'm fucking a hippie about it, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> but sure. But also, like you, you. You learn, you constantly learn as you go. You know, there are a million things that I wish I did differently when I was 18 and 19, even as far as making music. And I just didn't do it. And then I think back and, you know, you could always think back hindsight and be like, oh, bro, if I would have just done that, I would have made it. You know what I'm saying? Like, but you weren't that person in that time. And that's okay. 
Right. I mean, honestly, my biggest, I don't know if it's a regret, but I've never performed anywhere live because, again, I'm in Oklahoma and that's not like a huge fucking, it's just not a big scene here or whatever. Uh, but I had yeah. in college a couple of times people were like, hey, will you, will you perform at this place? But like, even then I wasn't ready because like I didn't have stemmed out beats. Like I didn't have a version of the song without vocals or anything. And I was I just stealing people's that. beats off fucking the internet and shit. Like I just didn't, I didn't get it. You know, I didn't get a lot of it. I was just having fun. Um, and I think it took me to be like, th- honestly, streaming, like being able to distribute your music and shit the way you can now is like so fucking cool. Like that just wasn't an yeah. option when I first started, you know, I'm like, uh, I really think it's helped a lot. Absolutely, man. Everyone can get their stuff out there and everyone has an opportunity to get on playlists and all that and, and get new fans. I mean, I, it helped me. It helped me a ton for sure. Right. Like m- most of my listeners are not going to be people I know or like, you know, that are from my hometown or anything like that. Like majority of my listeners are friends over the Internet, you know, or people that have shared it on right. their playlist over the Internet. Like it's just it's just different. I think there was an era where it was like you had to be popping in your city and that's just not the case anymore. Uh, oh, not at all, dude. You could be popping in like Japan for your own city. Though. Right. <laughs> and you're from you're from Long Island. Is that correct? Yeah, I'm from Long Island, and most of the people on Long Island don't even know who I am, man. That's all, like one of my favorite podcasters of all time is a dude from Long Island named Colin Moriarty. He does this video game podcast. Um, so from uh-huh. that reason alone, I've always been like, and he always talks about how like everyone from Long Island is better than everyone else. He just has that kind of gimmick on his podcast. <laughs> and so now I yeah. always try to pay attention to uh, who's from Long Island, and there's like a fuckload of people from Long Island that like make it, you know, become famous. Well, whatever. yeah, if you're a if- I mean, if you're big in old school hip hop, number one, a lot of those like the legends and icons are from Long Island, but um, kind of died out a little bit. There's also this like kind of hidden um, fact that a lot of rappers, uh, people know that like say they're from boroughs and stuff like Queens or Brooklyn and all that are really just from Long Island because um, it's just there was a time where it wasn't cool. So um but yeah, I, I know a ton of people from Long Island that that are doing really well for themselves. Right. I, well, it's isn't it interesting. Like it's the only place in New York. Like you have to go out of your way to get to. Like there's one one road in, one road out sort of scenario. Like it's a peninsula or some shit. Yeah. It's, it's, I mean, it's an island. It's a bridge and tunnel. So you, there's you literally just take a bridge out or a tunnel out. But also like the train system is so good here that. Um, you know, if I was going to New York City, I would absolutely never drive to New York City. I could get there in 30 minutes by train. Right. And that's so foreign to me. Like, again, you know, I live in the middle of fucking nowhere. <laughs> yeah, and like, I have to get in my car to go fucking everywhere. Like, and honestly, I could walk like two blocks down the street to like, I'm gonna go get some KFC or some shit. But I don't. Yeah. I like get in my fucking car and I go wait in the fucking drive through. Like it's culturally, it's so different. Um, yeah, and definitely. I feel like an idiot whenever I do it, but I'm like, Hey, everyone else is doing it. Yeah. Well, I mean, driving is good in long Island as far as staying in long Island, but yeah, no, I would, I mean, I would never drive to New York city. I don't think it's just, I also live pretty close to the city. Like I live pretty West on long Island. Um, so a train is just so easy for me, man. Right. Well, I just one thing I've always been uh, very interested in is being in a big city. I've one time I stayed a week in Dallas with a friend down there and I walked to a convenience store and there's this feeling of like I passed probably like 120 people 
and no one like yeah. gave a fuck. They didn't care. They didn't <laughs> look at me. I had a joint behind my ear that I forgot about until I got into the convenience store and the lady laughed at me. I was like, Hey, do you know, I have a, you have a joint behind your ear. And I was like, Oh shit. You know? And it was like, ha ha. Whereas in like where I'm from, I, the first person I fucking passed would have been like, I mean, I guess not now because it's me- medically legal, I guess, where I'm at. Yeah. But at the but time, like, it wasn't. The cops yeah, it, like at the time, I would have been like, fuck, <laughs> I would have been arrested for this shit, you know? So, like, yeah. I've always liked That's this funny. idea of, like, a big city uh, having – it kind of, like, insulates you in a way, you know? Like, it kind of protects you in your isolation, if that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's probably a huge culture shock for both of us, at, like, to go to each city that we're from because – like me walking in the city and passing thousands of people and none of them literally even knowing I exist. You're basically a ghost in that city because everyone's in their own headspace. But also, I mean, I went to school in Tennessee. Um, I lived in Florida for a little bit. So I, I kind of know what it's like to be in a little bit less of a big city, but um, still didn't really get that Oklahoma type of environment because even when i went to school in tennessee i was pretty close to nashville and stuff like that right yeah i mean where i live now is like a small college town i don't really know the exact number you know but it's like a you know like the high school here is like a fairly big high school for the state you know it's not like fucking huge but it's like competes against the other big schools and like i said they have a small college here but like where i was born at has like two thousand people and like the whole fucking place and like my high school had like 30 people graduated with me um, I know everyone's birthday and telephone number from elementary school still that I went to school. Like, <laughs> like that's just, the dude. Same. that's so crazy, man. That's crazy. Cause I thought my high school was small, but that's tiny 30 people Oh, in my class, in my class. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Right. I had like probably 200 and I always joke that I know everyone and their little brother and their parents, but like 30, that's. That's even less. Holy shit. Yeah. And I like, I don't talk to any of them. Like, it's weird. I feel like yeah, kind of, of a, a <laughs> dick about it. Um, cause some of them are still friends. You know, I see people posting or they're like, so one, one of my favorite things, this girl I graduated with, she posted this guy I graduated with that they're best friends. And I'm like, I didn't even know y'all fucking talk to each other. What the, when did y'all become best friends? Like, <laughs> but it's like they have their own world, you know, going on. Uh, and Facebook's the only place that, uh, I, I learn any of this, you know, like I keep up with people, you know, I feel like an old fucking person cause I am, but uh, you know, I keep up with people through Facebook, but then I go on Twitter and I have like nothing but like support and people showing me love and, you know, all oh, you know, cool song and shit. And then Facebook, it's like, they probably look at me like a fucking loser, you know, cause I'm just like making music and they're like, where's your kids? Where's the kids yeah. in the pictures <laughs> of all that? And I'm like, no, I'm making beats all day. Yeah, man. I feel you. I definitely feel like I lost touch with my town as well. I mean, there, there, there are times where you know, like, I feel like my music is doing better than it's ever done, you know, hitting like certain, like certain songs hitting, you know, millions of streams and this and that. Right. And then I'll see a friend from high school and they're like, are you still doing that music thing? <laughs> it's so like, crazy. oh God. Yeah, right, like, I'm like, yeah. I didn't look at your numbers uh, really at all. When I first heard your song, I was like, oh, this dude must be like sounding like super famous and shit. And then, uh, then like, yeah, like, so you hit me up because so- SoCo tagged you in the post or whatever. And I looked at somewhere and I was like, Oh, I would expect you to have like a way bigger follow. Like, I do really think like your stuff's that good. I don't know if it's cause you need like an industry to the machine. I don't fucking know enough about this shit, but, uh, I've been interested. Like, how did that start? Have you just, are you signed to someone that is helping push this? Or is this like all you just trying? No, man, this is all very, very organic. Um, 
I mean, it's my team is literally just me and a manager. Um, and my manager has been in the music industry for a really long time, but, um, it's literally just us two grinding really hard. I make the music, uh, I get it all, uh, situated as far as a rollout and I give it to him and he does his thing. We're not, I'm not signed at all. I'm an independent artist. Um, we, we got kind of lucky. We dropped harm and, uh, Harm made it on a, a bunch of Spotify editorial playlists uh, beyond our knowledge. You know, like we literally just woke up one day and had emails like saying that they were on these playlists. Um, and then from there, it just, you, you kind of enter a Spotify algorithm, I guess. And so then the next song we dropped did the same thing and it gained followers. And then from there, when you have followers, it's going to come up on everyone's release radar anyway. Um, and yeah, just very organic, very, uh, I don't know, like the next move is to just make those songs grow even more. You know what I'm saying? Like right. we kind of at the same token have no idea what we're doing. <laughs> right. We don't know why songs did what they did. We've put out songs and they got zero playlist and we don't know why they didn't do what they did. Like we have no idea. We're just kind of let it like riding a wave pretty much. I will say as someone, you know, I, I produce and engineer and mix all my own shit. Not necessarily well, you know, I, I try my best, but um, um, I always know my mixing is is lacking. I will say one thing that stuck out to me is the mixing on your music and the engineering side of it is so good. Like uh, for it's like on a down song, whenever the like the get down sample comes in, like I lose it every fucking uh, time. I'm like, oh, my God, it's perfect. Fuck, I never thought to put that shit in so there. much, man. So uh, I appreciate that. I don't know who does but, um, it, but if it's you, awesome. If it's whoever, let them know. It's awesome. I will. Yeah. I, I uh, No, I went to school for mixing and mastering, but I don't do it myself. I actually hate doing it. Um, so I have a friend, Avery. He does it in his bedroom, dude. Like, um, I was listening to your last podcast, and you were saying how, like, you know, certain people go to, like, multi-million dollar studios to sound right, and you felt like it wasn't really worth spending that money for, like, a few songs. Right. But – Dude, I mean, you just have to find a good guy who has like a good setup in his bedroom. Like I do not pay a lot of money at all and he kills it and all from like literally his apartment. Right. I mean, I'll be honest, my I understand. I think it's one of my hindrances. Like I if I had the money, I guess, and and would spend it on someone to like, hey, let's really polish this thing up. I really think I have some songs that are pretty good. But uh that would you would catch some people that wouldn't listen to it now because it is kind of raw. Um, but I'm also right. like, there's something prideful about myself where I'm like, but I can learn that if they can do it, I of can course. do it. And so like, I just sit here for like, but I don't, you know, like I'm just YouTube videoing it up and uh, I'm about to buy one of those goddamn Kyatica foam balls. Cause I'm, or whatever. I don't know what they're exactly called, but I keep seeing them pop up on my ads and I'm like, I don't know. Those look like the room, the key right there to the, the oscillating your microphone. Yeah, dude. So there's absolutely like equipment that will like without even mixing can make your stuff sound like super professional. Um, and yeah, I get what you're saying. It, I mean, also in a weird way, I don't know if you feel this way, but in like newer age of hip hop, sometimes like a bad mix is cool. Right. I mean, I'll still like that the first sense. time I heard the triple X dude, I never say his name because apparently I quoted fucking Lil Wayne calling him triple extension and that was wrong. And now I don't want to be like a fucking poser. But um, 
whatever the first song I heard of his was whenever everyone had said Drake stole his flow. Um, it wasn't the sad song, but he had some song that was like real fucking heavy, but it was mixed so poorly, but I still just kept listening to it over and over again. I was like, I don't care. Yeah, exactly. That's what I'm saying. A lot of these people, they do like 808s and kicks that like peak so hard and clip so hard that it's like distorted and they scream and they don't like lower the volume for the scream. And it actually makes the song sound like kind of grungy and like punk rock esque. So maybe right. that's just kind of maybe what you're doing is actually the best mix out of anyone. Maybe I just you know it's lo-fi. That's what you say. That's the producer. <laughs> it's talk. lo-fi, dude. Exactly. If exactly. it isn't exactly lo-fi. right, it's lo-fi. Um, I mean, I will say in just like a year, my mixing has gone up so much, and it's very little things, you know, like oh this little trick and stuff. So I do know eventually um, I should be able to get there. Um, and the way I mix, like I have this whole collab album. Uh, I've had two. I'm going to work on a third one as well. Of I mix everyone's shit, and so it's it's a good practice to mix all these other people's verses, but I also really only uh-huh. know how to mix my verses, so it, it's always fun. It's a good time. Uh, it's funny. I feel like I'm the opposite. I, I actually like have a way easier time mixing other people's stuff, and then when I mix my own, I'm, I guess I'm just so critical on my own voice. Right. That, I, uh, I guess that is true. I, I end up like... Yeah, I end up like losing my head, you know? There are times where like I can do like two clicks, you know, two clicks and it's done, uh, the sauce app or whatever. Um, on someone's verse, I'm like, perfect. It's just fucking perfect. And I do that to mine. I'm like, oh, no, 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 no. My, <laughs> I have yeah. that honkiness still in my in my voice. Let's find that. Let's EQ that out, you know? And I, like, I go, yeah. definitely go too far with moan, I think. Um, I don't know. Exactly. Someday and then you go too far and then it's like too mixed out. Right. Someday I'll join a collective and then one of the people in my collective will just handle that shit, you know, internet yeah, money exactly. style or something. Uh, and that's something I took off. Uh, you know, again, I mentioned this all the time, but I know you probably haven't listened to all my podcasts. I took off five years of, uh, of rap or music and all that shit and try to do like real world shit. And I just hated it, but I lost all this time. And in that time, I kind of missed SoundCloud, like the birth of that, you know, I'm, I was a sound click person. And then when I came mm-hmm. back, SoundCloud was like, there but i i just kind of missed the the blow up of that um and then i miss you know like internet money blowing like i just came into it and, like all these people were just famous and people like all love these people and i'm like wait so not everyone just loves little wayne still like little wayne's just not the best ever <laughs> like uh so i mean i guess i've been i came back around like 2017 so i mean i've been catching up and there's still things but there are also people that people love that i have like no reverence for you know, like I don't have any respect for these people that some people love. And I'm like, I don't know what sure. the fuck y'all love about the some of these rappers. And so that also, I think, gives me a fun take on some stuff. Yeah, I'm very much the same way. Uh, there's a lot of like kind of newer stuff. Um, not that it's bad, but like I there there are times where I just don't understand how people are calling these guys like the greatest alive or like how these guys are number one on billboard and stuff like that i'm like it's it's okay like i don't know it's just the average rap song you know right. what i'm saying i but, think that's the perfect um, way to put it is that if people are saying greatest of all time it would be like and i'll use young thug you know i'm you might be a huge fucking fan i don't yeah. know but i do see people on twitter all the time saying he is the goat he is better than any other yeah. rapper ever just look at his lyricism just look at his there's album after album, and I'm like, I just don't see it. Now, I don't – I get his voice is fucking weird. Maybe that's just – that throws me off too much, or maybe it's because he is like a, a deviation of like a little Wayne type, and I just love – I have Lil Wayne in such high regard that I can't – I don't know. But I just don't see it. And then if people were like, 
well, if you don't call him one of the top five ever, I don't respect your opinion. And I'm just like, well, I guess you just won't respect my opinion because I don't, <laughs> I don't fuck, I, yeah, I can't understand. No, that is that is a really good example. And yeah, that's actually a perfect example because to be honest, I do I love Young Thug. Like when his music comes on, I like I feel like his voice is so unique. I, I'm really into finding things that are like unique, right? Um, but but again, like you said, I mean. Hand in hand, yes, he got his influence from Lil Wayne. And if you're going to tell me who's better, Lil Wayne or Young Thug, I think that's an obvious answer. You know what I'm saying? Like, I put Lil Wayne top five of all time. Um, like, possibly a forefather of hip-hop. So it's like, it's almost not even fair to put those two together. But, you know, people, yeah, you're right. People say he's like the greatest of all time. It doesn't make sense. Right. And again, that's because he blew up during that time period that whenever I quit making music, I kind of quit listening to music. You know, that's when I got really into podcasting because I was like, I just can't even listen to this shit if I'm not making it. And, uh, you know, it, I think I heard his song Stoner. I think he has a song called Stoner. That's like an old song. He has uh-huh. and I really liked that song a lot. And I didn't really listen to music anymore. And then the next song I heard of his was something so fucking crazy that I couldn't understand him. And I was like, he makes me feel like that old person that's like, these kids and their music. And guess what? I don't want to listen to music that makes me feel like that. So, um, But then yeah. the other side, this fucking Tokyo's Revenge guy, I listen to that and I fucking love it. But I also am like, I feel like I'm too old to listen to this. I feel like it's made for like a 17-year-old <laughs> to just fucking go punch yeah, walls dude. to. Like, is this for me? <laughs> I felt the same way. There's a specific Tokyo Zen song that I love. I don't know which one it is, but it is so good. And uh, you're right, because it's like, dude, I don't rage like that anymore. Like, I don't know in what setting that I'm in in my life that I'd ever put that on and it would fit the environment that I'm in. Right, exactly. But I still listen to it. I play it in my car alone. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Like, I can't play it in front of people. No, yeah, I play. I take my dog for a walk at the park every evening normally, and uh, it's just playing my headphone, just fucking blasting. I want to punch this old lady walking <laughs> by me, but I'm like, nope, I'm walking the dog. <laughs> Gotta be cool. And I also notice I walk yeah. in BPMs. Like I walk, whatever the speed or my steps are always in the BPM of the song playing on my headphones. Yeah, it's, like, it's such a rapper thing to do. It's impossible like, not to. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I feel like I, I've heard that a lot, and I feel like I do the same exact thing. And you don't even notice it. You get you catch yourself later. You know what I mean? You're like, oh, I'm walking exactly to the beat. Right. But I mean, it's also like I love showing off to like non-rapper friends because to them, it's like so impressive that you, you know you can pull like a one, two, three, four on any any beat. Like in, instantly, oh, sure. I go one, two, three, four, one, two, three, four of like where the beat is, and then I guess that's how you tell if someone knows like will have a decent flow or whatever. Because some people probably don't think about that shit at all, um, but some right. people get so impressed with that, and you're like, it's nothing, it's just nothing. Like you can tell instantly. I mean, like every yeah. rap beat it's for the funny, most I, part's a four, four. So yeah, I mean, yeah, all of them are four, four, pretty much. I can name like maybe two or three rap songs off the top of my head that are not four, four. But um, I, I love to do this trick where uh, I could take any song and I could like pick the, I know what the tempo is and people are usually super impressed by that. But the only way I do it is because I have so many verses that are so many different tempos. So I just figure out which one of my verses would fit on that beat. And then obviously that's the tempo, you know what I'm saying? So I'm like, Oh, it's somewhere around this. Like if this verse that I wrote on a 95 BPM fits on this beat like dude that's a 95 it has to be somewhere around 95 and people are so impressed but i'm like dude i'm not like a savant i'm just using 
common logic. Yeah, it's basically perfect pitch, you know, but uh, <laughs> for countdown. Yeah, yeah, right. No, yeah, never give him a trick. I'm just like, I don't know, man. I just got it. Right. See, I, that's funny because I've never, I've never, I've never written a verse for like a BPM. Now I do have moments where I'm like, yeah, this one doesn't fit necessarily with that, but I never really thought about it that way. I have one verse that is my go-to verse, and I spit it on every beat. It works on everything I've ever done. I can do it. Like any beat anyone ever plays, I can spit it to. And I accidentally, really? and I accidentally um, put it on a friend of mine's beat, and he released it. But I'm going to ask him to or I release it, but I'm about to take it down just because I don't think it came out the right way, and I need that crutch to like pull out whenever. Um, but any, also, I can rap any of my verses in general – to any of my beats. Like, I'll just figure it out. Like, I'll just imitate people. And maybe that's not the right word, but I'll be like, oh, well, this style's like, like a country rap or something. You know, I don't know. I'll just do some weird yeah. different shit with the verse to kind of make it work. Um, and now maybe it's not perfect and stuff, but you know, I can do some fun shit like that. But my problem is I just don't write enough. Like, if I come in my little creative room here, I'm in doing my podcast, you know, I have a notebook in front of me. I'll just make a beat <laughs> because it's so much easier right. than like writing a verse like so i've just found i've gotten in that rut where i just can't, i just don't do it enough and i really need to to do it if i do now it's like if i'm at my day job and i'm just fucking around on my phone and then i'll just start writing a verse acapella on my phone i'm like well i'll just i'll figure it out later um like that seems to be how i get all my shit done these days which is weird because i used to just like love yeah. it you know i just come in just like let's write and write and write but now it's i've I think I have my standards a little too high where I don't want to write some stupid shit, but that's really the key. You got to write some stupid shit to get through. Uh, yeah, sometimes, <laughs> sometimes it's got, if, especially if you're in a writer's block, you might as well just write something that's watered down just to like, as a stretch, you know, like everyone stretches before a game, just write out some shit that you don't even care about before you write the stuff that you do. But like, I was going to say, do you like have a spot um, or like a time or like a specific, I can't even explain it, like a zone where you tend to write a lot more. Like for me, if I'm in the shower or if I'm just going on a drive and like I'm alone in my car, like that's when lyrics just spill out. You know what I'm saying? I agree. If whenever I used to uh, work at a job where I drove like an hour one way to work and that whole time, it would just be like freestyling the whole time because it was just like so natural for stuff to come out that way. Um, I would say now I I write a lot on emotions, you know, so if I'm like okay. particularly depressed or feeling just sad in general for the last few days, you know, like I'm definitely a depressant type individual, um, I can really just feed on that, you know, and I can just really dig into it. And I guess that one's dangerous because then I'll just get more depressed typically if, you know, I'm really digging into that emotion. And so I don't sure. have too many moments of happiness, which sounds super sad, but I, I don't have too many like – I'm just so fucking pumped and positive today. Let's write something fun. You know, and that's why I don't make yeah. too many fun songs because like it's really hard for me to fake the emotions. So if I do make a song that I think of as quote unquote fun, it's typically like punchlines and me trying to do those like little Wayne snapping bars, you know, because like that's fun, but I don't have to be in a happy mood to make it. So uh, I, I just find myself particularly that that's how that works for me making my own solo songs and then my collab albums I do you know I have beats I have this a friend make a song and then leave me an open verse and I finish it and that's super mm-hmm. easy because I feel like I can always just match whatever they did you know I can I can I can pick up their vibe and I can figure out some some verse that I can write to this and it's, it's worked out so far 
Um, but those are all, I also take those two different approaches. Like when I'm doing a song with someone else, this is all for fun and all for the song. Whereas if it's a solo song, I like, there's rules to how I want to be honest and, and shit. Of course. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. Vulnerability is dope, but that's also, that's a, that's a songwriter's curse, man, because a lot of songwriting just comes from being able, like wanting to, uh, let out feelings that you have. And so then if you're in a good mood and you're happy and you're satisfied with your life, then what is there to talk about? You know what I'm saying? So right. like we oddly want to be, I mean, I guess we don't want to be depressed and we don't want to be sad and angry, but if we want to make good music, we have to be, you know what I mean? I, I've thought the same thing a, a lot. It's just, it's a curse that we have, man. Right. It, I've noticed it's even gone over into my beat making. Uh, like my homie Skinny comes over and the ones that I would think in general that people really feel of my beats and they instantly connect to are, they're all sad beats. Like I just, mm-hmm. it's just easier for me to tap into that emotion, I guess. Or like they feel like lonely, like there's something about it that feels like that. Whereas in the ones I make that are like more upbeat or happy, they kind of feel forced even to me because like I don't I don't honestly listen to that much upbeat music so it's like you know I just come across a loop and I'm like oh that would be cool with some like fun Drake drums or whatever and you know kind of do whatever but uh and that's another thing I'm trying to learn of like how do I how do I make happy music because that's a thing people like you know I've been I have a friend who runs a playlist and it's all motivational music and I'm like bro I don't have shit for that like there's not really much you can put on that's going to make you like fucking love love yourself necessarily i don't know but also my raps are like introspective like that's just what i'm doing or whatever you know not everyone does that shit some people are rapping about their environment or the world or uh you know ideas i don't know everyone's got their own thing and i've been preaching forever we need more subgenres of rap music i hate the fact that we're gonna call uh you know like what you're making and then what young thug makes i just don't think those are they don't share too much in common besides probably some break beats here and there. You're like, I don't know. It's just weird. It's weird. It's all one genre. Yeah, I agree a hundred percent. Like, dude, there are times where like, I try to explain like, um, I don't even want to be called a rapper, but not in the sense of like, everyone wants to be called an artist nowadays. Like, that's not what I mean. I mean it in the sense because there are no sub genres that like, and I'm such a big fan of hip hop, like as a listener, that like I wouldn't want to put myself as a part of it ever. Like I would just love to be a fan and a listener for my whole life. So like if I wasn't called a rapper and I could be in some other subgenre or genre, like I'd be totally happy with that, you know? Cause like imagine being someone like, shit, I'm trying to think of a new artist that's like really talented, like Kendrick Lamar, okay, right? And like there are people that say Kendrick Lamar has proven himself to be a top five lyricist of all time, but he's such a big hip hop fan and listener himself. Imagine having to like also throw your name around in a hat when you're talking about hip hop. Right. Well, I feel like that's such a weird thing. I think Eminem probably pulls it off the best. Not Eminem fans. I think Eminem fans are the worst. Um, <laughs> I think I just do. I think they're horrible online. But I think Eminem himself in converse, like in interviews and stuff, I think he's always comes off really cool, in my opinion. And uh, he'll say like, you know, he thinks the five best lyricists of all time, and he'll mention people that aren't him, you know, and there'll be people he looked yes. up to when he grew up. But whenever he's making a rap song, because hip hop is so. M- machismo and bravado and shit that like 
he's going to say I'm the best of all time and he's going to sound like he means it, but he's not going to say that in there. Like, I think that's stuff people got to look at as well. Like you can't make, I don't think you can make a rap song saying I'm the second best of all time. You know, like that's just not the yeah. attitude you can have when you're spitting that. So, you know, you have exactly. to like, it's a very competitive genre. Right. And like, even if like, I think a lot of people I make music with are way better than me, but like, I'm still like trying to kill my verse or whatever, you know, Speaking of Kendrick, like of Kendrick on fucking was that Control, whatever. What, where yeah, uh, the Big yeah, Sean yeah, collab, Control. and he was like so good, and then everyone got all butthurt about it, and they're like, "Oh, he he's competitive with us," and it's like that's hip hop, though. I don't know. Yeah, no, I a hundred percent agree, and there are a lot of stories like that. If you if you the the story with um, you know Eminem and the Forever Verse, and and I think. Was it Kanye said that when he heard Eminem's verse, he like went back and like scrapped his verse and had to rewrite it because he just felt like he got bodied. Like, that's just the competition. That's just the sport of it. I don't think any other genre really has that competition the way hip hop does. And I think that's really cool. But, um, but all I, I guess that's like really kind of the fun, the foundation of hip hop. If you think like even Lil Wayne has said, like he feels like these new rappers just aren't trying to be the greatest of all time. And when he came up, every single rapper was trying to be the greatest of all time. Right. Well, you say that reminds me of two things. I love the get down on Netflix before it was canceled. Like it's fucking so good. And you know, that was like the origin of hip hop. And even that they had like teams that were battling each other, you know, and that is how it really started off. There were like crews and shit. Um, So it is always, uh, always been there. And then I do kind of think rap is kind of like how basketball nowadays, like, you know, I love the NBA and um, in the NBA, like they are competitive. Don't get me wrong. But because a lot of them have known each other since like childhood, they're just like friends, you mm-hmm. know. And so like when I was growing up and like I loved Kobe, I didn't think Kobe was friends with anyone he played against, even though I'm sure they were like right. he wasn't fucking friendly. And the, now when you see guys like fucking just hug it right after a game, it's fucking it is weird. And that is kind of how rap is where there are benefits. You know, I was explaining to a young, like teenage rapper a few weeks ago, actually how I remember when remixes were like the biggest thing in the world. And that's, you know, little Wayne is like my favorite rapper ever. And part of it is because of remixes. Like he was on so many fucking remixes and like every song would get a remix. And it was so rare because before that, like you just didn't get collab verses. Like that just didn't happen. Like people just had their own projects and did their own thing. And then all of a sudden, Fucking people come out with like remixes, and then the game comes out this eighteen minute long one that Ludacris is the only person that ever bodies them, and you know Little Wayne on a remix. Like it was just fucking great. And yes, Eminem coming back yeah. on the Forever Verse was something I will always remember because he had been retired, and I was the white kid that was like, I don't want to like Eminem because everyone does. So I'll say Jay Z is my favorite, but I always respected Eminem and had his CDs. Now I didn't particularly like like the Eminem show and Encore and you know some of those but early Eminem was my shit and uh but yeah he came back and rapped you know twice as fast as any of them and it was like holy fuck it like blew our minds at the time it was like this is the greatest thing ever (laughs) I remember exactly where it was I mean I'm all I Eminem is like my favorite of all time and Marshall Mathers LP one is my favorite album of all time. So, oh, so good. It's a little bit like, yeah, to hear him come back like that, like you said, cause he was like kind of gone for a little bit. Like for me felt like, felt like a soldier coming home from war or something. You know what I mean? Right. Like it felt insane to me, but yeah, he's, he's like number one for me. Um, but so, you know, Wayne, Wayne is top five for me for right. sure. Well, and I explained all, and it's, it, 
to me, I, when I say my top five, I don't really mean like the best ever. I mean my favorite, you know, because that's I think like how, your favorite. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So I got to be, and I've I've explained that. I was I was a Napster kid, so like when Napster was blowing up, I was like in sixth or seventh grade, and you know I had the fucking dial up internet, and I was downloading all like every fucking song that existed, rap, rock, any of it, um, and I just loved it. And I guess it should have been like a, a foreshadowing, you know, like hey, you might be really into this, because none of my other friends gave a fuck. They're like, okay, cool, man. And I was like, but dude, I got all these songs. And uh, Lil Wayne, you know, he just put out all those fucking mixtapes. So, like, when I got a car and a license and I was driving around, like, Lil Wayne had new music all the time. And I would just download these fucking mixtapes and I'd put it in my car and drive around and listen to it. And, like, that meant a lot for that time period. And I don't know if we'll ever have a moment like that. You know, I think 50 Cent was right before that where he done the mixtape thing. I remember getting really into 50 Cent because uh, he put out some mixtapes and shit. So, that was just a strategy at that time. And then uh, Lil Wayne didn't fall off. You know, I think what we got to give Eminem is uh, Lil Wayne, Jay-Z, any of these older rappers credit for is that, you know, I know this is blasphemy to a lot of people. I think Tupac and Biggie get held up on a plateau because they got killed in their prom, you know, but like they could have fallen off. Like I understand people are like, they would have never fallen off, but they could have, you know, we've seen so many motherfuckers fall off. And, you know, the fact Jay-Z, Eminem, Lil Wayne, all these other people have kept going and they didn't put out anything that was so corny that we laughed about a hip hop, I think is like a big deal. So, um, anyway, like Kid Rock, we don't fucking respect Kid Rock anymore. You know, so like, yeah, <laughs> not everyone can fucking just be cool forever. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Like no one's no one's uh, saying Fred Durst is the top five of all time. Dope. But, hat. Uh, but yeah, dope hat. <laughs> dope hat. And I love Limp Bizkit, but he's not top five of all time, man. You know, right. I agree. I agree. I, and I'll never forget those days. Of, uh, what was it? What was it for me? Uh, LimeWire. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, and like, dude, I would just type in Lil Wayne. Like, I'd give it some time, and then I would type in Lil Wayne, and there'd be all these new songs to download. And like, if I didn't know the song by name, I'd click it and download it, add it to iTunes, and like, I ended up having like hundreds and hundreds of Lil Wayne songs, things that like I didn't even listen to. Right. But it was so worth it. It was so worth it. Yeah, he oversaturated. It went, like, music. it went like Napster, and then Kazaa. And LimeWire, yeah. I think there was one was Morpheus. Frostwire. Yeah, there were so many. Yeah. And they would all give your computer share. viruses. But, um, and then when I got to college, I learned about torrents. And then I was like, game yeah. over. And then I owned all the <laughs> TV shows of everything before Netflix was a thing. It was great. Yeah, same same exact way, man. Same, same thing with me. But it's killed a few of my computers for sure. Oh, yeah. One of my saddest days, and it shouldn't have been this sad because I'd gotten married and I went on my honeymoon. And when I got back from my honeymoon, I had this one terabyte external hard drive that I had 900 gigabytes worth of television shows on that I've been collecting over the years. And it just died, just died when I was gone and I couldn't couldn't save it. And so since then, I haven't downloaded anything through torrents. I'm like, fuck it. I'm just paying the streaming services I get. Like, yeah, it just destroyed me, destroyed my whole pirating side of me that I was like, I'll just pay for (laughs) stuff. I guess the FBI is listening, bro. Yeah. <laughs> wink, wink. No, no pirating over here. <laughs> I mean, I did for uh, FL studio to make beats for a while, but after I like was like a year in and was like, I think I'm going to keep doing this forever. Uh, I went ahead and paid for it. It was definitely worth it. 
I think it. Yeah, for sure. And as far as music is concerned, it's so easy to not pirate things anymore. People drop mixtapes on streaming services, and ten dollars a month, you can get literally any song you want ever. So, right. I, I think they definitely found a way to avoid it. Do I think artists should get paid more per stream? I do, but whatever. I agree. Now, a lot of people, you'd be a perfect person as for this. Um, I'm, almost all of my money, like 99% of the money I've ever been paid for on streaming is from Spotify. So when everyone like bitches about Spotify, I'm like, y'all can say what y'all want, but no one even fucking listens to me on anything else. So it is what it is. You know, okay. like I'm going to fucking share those links. And uh, Tidal, everyone loves Tidal. And I have some friends that use Tidal. They say, listen to me. But Tidal has paid me $0 ever. But everyone acts like they're just the shit and they pay you so much money. So, and then recently someone told me they only pay you once a year. And so that's why I haven't seen it. But I don't know. We'll see. Interesting. Yeah, I don't really know about all the payouts and stuff like that. Um, I know Tidal has shown me a lot of love. Uh, I personally don't have a Tidal account. Uh, I think I used a free trial like once. I've heard it's worth um, it. My friends that have them, they I, say the audio quality being so is good better. is like will blow you away. Yeah, I've heard I've heard that as well. I, but also you like maybe you and I and everyone else don't get as many as much revenue from title because there are less subscribers. Right. Could be. I mean, I don't know too. I don't know too many. I do agree. I've had I've had people say they have a title account and that the audio is so much better. But at the same time, I think generally I don't know too many people with a title account. Like there, are, I send people music all the time, and I always ask what platform they use. And I rarely, rarely, maybe once in my life, did someone say title. Right. You know, it's always Apple Music or Spotify. Yeah. See, almost all mine are uh, Spotify. Now, if I had an Apple phone, I would maybe use Apple Music, but since I have an Android, I got oh. Spotify, and that's just how fucking... And really, it's because I have a PS4. I got a PS4, and PS4 came with fucking Spotify, and I just made my account one day so I could listen to some music, and that was a really smart move by Spotify, because then here I am, years later, paying for the fucking premium or whatever, the whole family plan. Um, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, like, they really did do a, do a good job of whatever partnership there. But my best friend, I send him links to Apple Music because that's what he listens on. So, like, all of my listens are from, like, Tulsa, Oklahoma, where he lives at now. And uh, that's, like, all, like, my little map they have for Apple Music's <laughs> graphs. I'm like, oh, right. that's where they're all from, one place. <laughs> so that's always fun. Um, so outside of music, um, are there any other things that interest you? Like myself, I love, like I mentioned, TV shows are my shit. I love video games. I'm excited about the next gen. Uh, we got politics coming up. I don't know if you're a voting type of person, but uh, any any other interests? Um, I am very political. I, I never talk about it just because I feel like our country is so divided. Right. But um, I, I do I do keep up on politics a lot. Uh, this this sounds on the surface just sounds like such like a shitty thing to say, but like uh, like alcohol, <laughs> um, not like in the sense of like drinking and partying, but I mean like I, I'm a bartender. I've been a bartender for a really long time, um, which has led me to like inventing cocktails and mixology and like bar culture and stuff like that, and like wanting to own a bar and stuff. So. Um, did you watch the deuce? I've like, this no, I haven't watched the deuce yet. Yeah, I know that's the James Franco show, right? Yeah. Uh, well, one of his characters yeah. is a bartender and owns a bar and it's in New York in the seventies and it's so good. So I was like, maybe you've seen that shit. 
Oh, I have to watch it. I, I, have you seen it? Yeah, I watched I every episode. Hung out, yeah, yeah. I hung out with a girl who's on the show for a little while, but um, I've never seen the show, so I, I don't know who I, she is on the show. I'm one of those, like, but, I love James Franco and Seth Rogen, you know, like the, that whole crew. So I was like, I'm in. Yeah, I'm James Franco is my favorite actor of all right. time. So I was just in, and um, then I learned that the guy who done the deuce is the guy who done the wire, and I was like, oh, my God. And so I made my wife watch yeah. it all with me. Um, it's great. It's so great. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. But yeah, no, dude, I'm like a like super into bar culture and like alcohol and mixology and like cocktails and craft alcohols and stuff like that. And like learning about new liquors and stuff like that, like to to an extent, like I said, not alcohol in the sense of partying, alcohol in the sense of like learning about right. it. It's like me. Uh, and, and that's pot. always I got it. Yeah, yeah. It's always been a huge thing for me. Like I said, I've, I've been bartending for so long that, that I've just been so invested in this culture. Um, besides music, I mean, I was into video games for a little bit. I'm kind of super out of the loop now with video games. That's why when you said like Skype or Discord, I was like, I really should get it. Di- I should download Discord. Like You should. I don't know what I'm – It's a little I, more I really crisp, um, but Skype's doing good today. You know, Some days Skype's horrible, but it doesn't sound that bad. Uh, I've gotten out of video games in the last couple of years in the sense of like, before I made beats, like I played the fuck out of video games, like hours and yeah. hours and hours a week. And now it's like, it's something I do right before I go to bed. Like I need to play a video games for like an hour to wind down or something. Like that's the way I do it sure. in my head. Um, but I don't play them the way I used to. Or like this morning, I'm, you know, I woke up, was like, I'll play some NBA 2K. And I started playing, was like, ah, I need to go upload some videos to YouTube. I, I finished those last. Right. Like, I don't know. I kind of keep myself in check more these days, but I also keep doing it because I know if I stopped, I think I would be more unhappy. Yeah. No, sense. I completely, I completely agree. And I'm more of like a retro gamer. Right. Um, to the, to this day, like I have a N64 hooked up to my bedroom television. Um, and I play Super Smash Brothers, Donkey Kong, like stuff like that. Like I've always really been into that stuff. Um, My favorite Nintendo 64 game that no one's ever heard of. So maybe you can get on eBay and get get a copy is Ogre Battle 64. It is so good. And Ogre there's, Battle 64? And there is no never game it. like it that exists. I mean, well, there's one on Super Nintendo that came before it. But it's like uh, it's RPG-ish. But like you, it's mm-hmm. not like turn based battles like you there's like a giant ass map and you send your group of units different places like on a war map and then they walk across it and come in contact with other people. I don't know. It's fucking weird. You have to watch a video, but I love it. That's really cool. Yeah, I got to check it out. I'm a big retro gamer, man. I just uh, during the whole lockdown, the quarantine uh, COVID stuff, I, I, I replayed Donkey Kong 64. Um, oh, that one's hard, right? And I, it. I, it's been a long it's time. It's super hard and it's super long. It's like a really long gameplay. Uh, so I figured now that I have four months off, I was going to like really sit down and focus on it. And I had so much fun playing that game, man. I, I mean, like the newer games, obviously, like when a new Grand Theft Auto comes out, I will buy it. Right. Um, uh, for nostalgia reasons, for I, I still, when a new Pokemon comes out, always buy the new Pokemon. Not that I necessarily even play them. I think I bought the last one that came out and never played it once. Um, I bought the last one that was on uh, Game Boy. Not the. I haven't got a Switch, so I haven't got that one. But I agree. Yeah, I like took some ones. I took some ones. Uh, <laughs> uh, not Switch. What the DS? I guess. Right. Um, 
Uh, yeah, I, t- I took one, my friends, and then bought the game and then never never gave back the DS and never played the game. Well, hell yeah, that's the way you got it. I got a, the Super Nintendo Classic Mini or whatever, like the little small ones. I got oh, one yeah, of those yeah. a couple years ago. And then over this quarantine, I just was looking at it one day and I was playing some games on it, but I, I was kind of bored with some, you know, it's kind of like 21 games on it. And I was like, I bet you could put more games on that thing. So I looked it up, and of course you could. There was some uh, program, you know, software you could download, and you download all these ROMs. And so I spent a weekend downloading all these Game Boy Advance and Super Nintendo games, and I've maxed it out. I think I have, I'm up to like 60 or 70 games on it. Oh, and, uh, that's so cool. I definitely, like, whenever I'm uploading beats, because it's like a whole fucking, it takes forever to upload all the stems and shit yeah. to your store. I'll just like turn on my Super Nintendo Mini and play some like Chrono Trigger. That's been mine, mine lately. Um, oh, that's awesome. So yeah, I definitely, I enjoy the retro gaming. New games, I, I keep up with because yes, there's a part of me that I enjoy the culture, you know, just like earlier we were talking a lot about, you know, this hip hop culture. I enjoy listening to like the video game podcasts and just kind of staying in the loop with what's going on. But yes, the, I've been so disappointed with so many games like Red Dead Redemption 2 in particular was one where I was like, God, everyone just loves it. And I'm just like, it looks beautiful, but it's not fun. And I felt, and yeah. I just felt that way about so many games this generation where they look great. They're just not fun. So like, some like god of war i just thought i didn't even like the original god of war trilogy that much but this new god of war came out and i was like this game is amazing it's so much like it's a fucking game you know i don't know if that makes sense yeah. but, like sometimes like you want a game you know it's not about me being a movie or whatever like the last of us 2 came out this year i'm sure you haven't played that it's like the graphically the best game i've ever played and even now when i think about like the best made graphics or expressions on faces or settings it's amazing but it wasn't fun like I don't know. Right. I just, I would, I would love to see some games get back to being fun. Like I think I a hundred percent agree, man. I think that's why I'm like, so out of the loop with the, with all of it. I mean, I had red dead one and then I think two came out and like, I wasn't even interested in buying it at all. Right. Like I, I just became so out of the loop with them. Literally. I think the last newer game that I had fun with was GTA five. It's, it's super fun. I mean, I played it, I beat it on the PS three and PS four, uh, and I, I I love it. I just think their satire is so good. I think it's lost on most of their audience. I don't think hardly yeah. anyone gets at all what they're trying to say in the story. But it's so good that I'm like, yeah, it's amazing. This is great. Yeah, it's really it's a, it's such a fantastic game. I mean, there's a reason why instead of making six, they just keep making expansions to five because five was just so well done. Right, and online um, expansions, not even like. Exactly. Yeah. Single player. But when six comes out, man, I mean, I haven't bought a new game system in a long time. I probably will buy the PS5. Um, I miss the pre-orders and everything. But when six comes out, I'm easily buying a system. Rumor and, is uh, that uh, it's going to have like Liberty City and Vice City or some shit like that. They're going to have like more, oh, more than awesome. one city. So like it's going to be like because how can you go bigger than the last map? You know, it was pretty big. So like now they're saying somehow they're going to be two giant cities connected with little shit in between. I don't know, something leaked about it recently. And I was like, oh, man, this is going to be great. Oh, that's interesting. I was wondering what city they were going to do next, man. I was trying to think of like what cities would be really cool for GTA. Like I feel like Vegas would be sick. Oh, yeah. I think Vegas would be really good. Um, yeah. If they could do some sort of L.A. connected to Vegas, you know, and do like the empty desert. Because an empty desert wouldn't take up too much memory, but would still take up room. You know, people could still fly yeah. on it. I don't know. And that people would be, love that that would shit, be cool. I mean, yeah, especially even like 
even where Trevor lives in GTA five is kind of deserty. Right. Like if they just kind of move that to in between LA and Vegas where Trevor lives and yeah. you still have that same vibe and, and they can make it obviously shorter than the actual distance. And yeah. But yeah, people, I'm surprised people still play that online game. Like I played it a little bit when it first came out and I kept getting annoyed that people would just kill me all the time. Like I would kill just you all the time. So annoying. <laughs> I, I was agree. Like, I'm done. And I, I kind of got obsessed with trophies at a time in my life and I met, it glitched out and didn't give me the opening welcome to the online trophy, but I got other online trophies. So I was so pissed. I was like, fuck this online game. Uh, but yeah, um, I, I was still download it and play it just for the single player. Like it's the best driving of any game still to this day. I mean, I haven't played Forza yeah, and all that so shit, incredible. but it's, it's feels perfect. So anyway, yeah, it's, it's such a, uh, well, politically, I mean, I, you don't have to get into it. I will say for me, um, I'm pretty excited about it. I live in a state that every single County voted for Trump last time. Uh, so like, it doesn't really matter who I vote for. Trump's going to win the state of Oklahoma because that's the way the electoral college works is whoever wins the majority gets all the points. And uh, I have voted libertarian or I did the last election. I plan on this election. I don't necessarily agree with all their policies, but I do agree we need a third choice. And I think um, the Republican and Democrats are just they're locked in war, just like the superhero and the villain in a comic book. And it's there to sell you to watch the new. like, I just don't believe it. I don't believe like. Yes, on the surface, the Democrats are the quote-unquote good guys. I think they're saying some shit that's good, but I'm just like, I've never seen it. Like, I just hear it, so I don't know. I have little faith sure. in the system. That's where I'm at. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I had, I, I'm exactly the same way. Um, I had this conversation with someone yesterday. I feel like um, after watching the presidential debate, uh, you know, no matter what, political party you go for i feel like if you're a republican you fucked up by making trump your selection and i think if you're a democrat i think you messed up by making biden your selection like i don't think either party did it right kind of thing right uh and i told someone yesterday i said you want my honest opinion like i feel like we need someone so much younger to run. I feel like every person that runs for president is so old and have such an old way of thinking. And I hate to be that guy because I don't want to be like anti old people, but we're in 2020 and it's like a super progressive world now. These so dudes were alive younger. when Emmett Till was lynched. That's crazy. That's what I'm saying. That's, man. that's exactly like I, I just, I don't, I've never talked to someone that's, Biden or Trump's age and had them tell me something about politics and felt felt informed or like I felt like I was getting something good out of this you know like I, I think I think we need a younger person honestly my favorite person this whole thing is the libertarians vice presidential candidate is a guy named uh, Spike Cohen and he's the first millennial that'll be that's ever been on a presidential ballot and uh he's so good on Twitter like sharing stuff you know like He's very uh -huh. good. And I just can't wait until millennials are on there. Like the internet memes and shit are going to get so much more advanced. Like I'm so fascinated with meme culture. Uh, yeah, me too. And so I'm like, it's just going to get crazy. <laughs> I'm so excited about it. Yeah. It's just so weird. It's such like a weird touchy time, man. There was a time where I could be blatantly open and confident about my views on politics. And now I feel like I can't bro. Like, you know, I, I, 
I feel like I hate both candidates. So it's like, who the hell am I like, what am I supposed to do? How am I supposed to inform people on what I think when I hate both uh, situations going on? And then their vice uh, presidential people are horrible as well. Like I watched, I happened to watch the vice presidential debate. Uh, I didn't watch the presidential one. And it was so infuriating. Watch people just dodge questions. And I get this is what politicians do, but it was just like, oh, my God. And like Kamala Harris is a fucking corrupt cop DA that somehow the Democrats nominated. They're like, you know what's good in this time? Let's get the old cop to be our nominee. Like, it blows my mind. Um, and then like they ask like, hey, both of y'all are going to be vice presidents possibly to some really old fuckers. What y'all have a plan for if they die? More or less with the question. And like neither one would answer the question. And it was just like infuriating. I was like, how do people watch this shit? Like the older I get, the yeah. least I'm, I can watch it. You know, like when I was younger, I was like really gung ho for Obama. Like I, I voted for Obama twice. You know, this is my first time I get to vote for this guy. And then I watched, I mean, oh, yes, Obamacare passed or whatever, but I think that was just like a subsist. We just subsidize an insurance aid like industry. It's fucking ridiculous. And then nothing else really happened, you know? And so I was like, oh, they don't, presidents don't do anything. And then the older I get, I'm like, they just do nothing but distract you from whatever the fuck else is really happening. Not to get all info wars on everybody, but. (laughs) No, it's true, man. I mean, I I, I was kind of the same way. I mean, weirdly though, we, we are in uh, two different environments you know like you said it doesn't matter really what you vote for because trump's gonna win oklahoma you know in new york it's kind of the exact opposite you know like no one is worried that trump is gonna win new york uh well didn't he say um, they're like garbage or something i don't know i know he was going off about he said new york city has turned to turned to trash or something like that yeah Yeah. (laughs) which obviously in a state that you're going to lose anyway i guess it doesn't matter that you say that but um, like how many times has a presidential nominee lost his home state pretty rare pretty rare crazy yeah he is from new york i forgot yeah. about that yeah but um yeah no i mean you know i openly i voted obama in the second i turned 18 uh, right before his second term election and i voted for hillary last time but um Again, I don't know. I just feel like we keep screwing up on our candidates, right. both both parties, man. And like, try to tell that to people that are Trump supporters too. There are Trump supporters around here, and that like they think I just hate their views. And I'm like, I really don't hate your views. I just think you picked the wrong guy, and I think you're ride or die for this the wrong dude. Like, right. if you just had a better dude, I would not bash your views at all. Right. Well, what's I find interesting is there's the hypocrisy, of course, the two parties, and like. I, I personally didn't find Hillary Clinton to be a very likable or good candidate. I know people would say she's the Me most uh, – what was the word? The qualified p- person ever to be president is what they would say. But I'm like, yeah, but people don't like her. And she gets up and talks and people are like, nope. I'm like how do you not see that? And you're like, I'm not going to. you know. Yeah. And then uh, – so then people voted for Trump because they were like, well, at least she's not Hillary. And then this time people are voting for Biden and they're like, well, at least he's not Trump. And I'm like, how do you all not see it's yeah. the same thing? Like – I was just about to say that to you, man. Do you just feel like at this point it's just the lesser of two evils? Like you're just you're voting against someone instead of for someone, and right. you feel like you don't even have you don't have someone that's actually speaking for you at this point. And that's why I'm voting third party. Like I feel like I just think it's weird we're all cool with just having two parties, man. Like there should be fucking like eighty parties with all kinds of ideas, yeah. and like they should be all filled through Congress with you know where they're not all just two teams. It's so crazy to me, but I get it's not going to happen overnight. Um, Maybe ever. No, that would take a know. while. <laughs> but, but George Washington warned us about that from the beginning, man. This is true. 
This is true. Um, it's one of the first things he said was to not divide it into two parts. And now they have all these bipartisan commissions, which means the Democrat-Republican commissions. And it's like you realize that's not saying the no-partisan alliance. It's saying alliance to these two parties. Like, I don't know. Sure. They have their yeah, own groups absolutely. together, you know? It's <laughs> just like, oh, this is all, all fishy. Kind of like uh, there's a senator out of Oklahoma who was Obama's best friend in Congress, but, like, he, like, hated Obama, like – in the media and shit, right? Like this fucking socialist yeah. and shit, but they would like go to lunch every day. Cause they became friends in this when they were junior senators. And then you would read the story of how like, they're actually great friends, but they just act like they hate each other. I'm like, it's all fo- so fake. I just hate it. <laughs> like, yeah, man. if I'm not to a, a rapper on this podcast, it's because we're friendly, you know, like I'm not, it's not politics. I don't know. Yeah. That almost turns back to like the Kendrick control thing, you know, exactly. Like, it's, it's- <laughs> It's so weird, man. It, it, politics is really weird. Do you think there's like no chance or what What do you think would have to be done like to s- swing Oklahoma's vote? Or do you think it's just impossible? Do you um, think there's no way? I mean, if it's Trump, it's impossible. Like people okay. love this motherfucker. Like you're saying, like the, I mean, there is a cult of Trump. Now, the, pe- yeah, yeah, the yeah. cult of Trump would claim that if you are calling them the cult of Trump, you're in the cult of mainstream media, you know, like, so it doesn't matter. You know, you're not going to break that. It's uh cognitive dissonance. You know, if you bring up something of like, Hey, did you know, like for instance, the, this Jeffrey Epstein show, which I think is a big deal. I do think pedophiles are great. Like, I think we should kill them all. Um, but this yeah. Jeffrey Epstein stuff comes out and it's like, they start being like, hey, it's all tied to Bill Clinton. They share all this shit, and you're like, oh, that's horrible. Fuck the Clintons. And then I'm like, well, hey, did you see this picture with Donald Trump? And they're like, well, yeah, but that that one doesn't count because Donald Trump actually is the white knight yeah. to save the day. And you're like, well, hold on now, motherfucker. Like, <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. So that shit like, gets on my nerves uh, because you just can't talk to anyone who's already made up their mind, you know. And I don't guess I need to change their mind. It's just I'm just not going to waste my time. <laughs> With those people. Yeah, that situation was funny, man, because I'd have people like, because they know my political views, be like, oh, let me guess, you're going to defend Bill Clinton in this one? And I'm like, no, dude, he should die. Like, I'm like, I, right. I, they both suck. Like, absolutely. Like, I'm not defending him because we have the same political views. Absolutely not. Like, that's terrible. That's disgusting. And I need answers. Right. Like, if you watch the Neps, the Epstein Netflix documentary. Um, yeah, I did. Yeah, that shit was crazy. And the shit that they, you know, those girls claimed happened. I think that any grown man who flew down there to have sex with an underage girl should be in jail or killed. You know, I mean, like, I just. And I mean, I think and it's so he, crazy he that. Up his name, brought up that a lot of them happened in Mar a Lago. Right. Like, uh, they weren't yeah. even out. Yeah. So, I mean, there's just so much to it. And it's so, it's one of those like modern day conspiracy theories we're watching in real time. No one cares about it. Like, even now, I'm in, I'm in some Jeffrey Epstein didn't kill himself meme groups. And, uh, they're funny, but like, you know, it's a very select people. Like, the mainstream really doesn't care that this guy was killed in a prison with cameras off to protect whatever rich people were also having sex with children. Like, it's fucking it's crazy. Insane. It's crazy. It's disgusting. It's disgusting. Yeah. And uh, I mean, it, and the, so that happens, and then you're like, "Hey, the media is fucked." And then you have the MAGA hatters. Then they're like, "Hey, the fucking media is the enemy." And you're like, "Well, they are, I guess, in this one scenario." But I don't think necessarily what they're saying about Trump's wrong. Like, you know, so like, it's what clouds the water as well. Is like, yeah, it is weird that no fucking mainstream media has talked about that shit. You know, or that it just goes without anything being said. It's, 
don't know. It it just seems like uh and also in in the camp that we could all be in a simulation that uh this is just all the matrix and this is some finale. That is very shit. deep. Right. That is very deep. I'm still still <laughs> kind of on that. After Tiger King came out, which happened about thirty miles from where I live, and then coronavirus happened. Oh, that did happen close to you, huh? <laughs> yeah, and then a tiger got coronavirus, and I was like, holy fuck, we're totally in a simulation. This is <laughs> wires getting crossed. <laughs> Dude, I forgot. I forgot that took place in like I, I thought. What is it? Oklahoma and Florida, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, the Tiger King himself, he was in a place called Winniewood, Oklahoma. It's about thirty miles from here. And yeah, the Carol Baskin. Oh my god, have you ever been to that place? I haven't. I have friends that have been there, and I have some that have been there uh, since that came out. And they've taken pictures. Uh, my little cousin loved the Tiger King's pod. He had like a little podcast video show. So um, when I was uh, in college and my little cousin was in high school, he would watch those and be like, man, you should get into these. These are really funny. And I, so I, I was aware of the guy. So it's pretty funny that he became uh, like this huge fucking deal. Um, and everyone yeah, around and here. He ran for politics in, in Oklahoma, right? Right. He ran for governor and got a few, got a few votes. We had like the worst governor huh. ever before he ran. And so he was like, here's my shot, you know, and he ran as a libertarian, as I was talking about him earlier. He didn't know anything about the libertarian party, but he knew he could run as one. Right. So, so you had known about this guy prior to the documentary. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Oh, shit, that's crazy. Like his, yeah, I like just like He wears like a Seth Wadley uh, car dealership hat all the time in his stuff. And like yeah. one of the Seth Wadley places are in the town I live in. There's one here and then one oh, in another crazy. town. Yeah, so like they're like selling out of hats. Like they've made more money selling hats than selling cars or something since that Netflix <laughs> show came out. <laughs> That's hilarious. Man. Yeah, that's crazy. Holy shit, I forgot that was Oklahoma. Yeah, and then we had another one. I, I can't remember the name. Oh, The Innocent Man. John Grisham wrote a book called The Innocent Man, and it was about a case that happened in Ada, Oklahoma, which is where I live. And then so Netflix done a documentary about that as well. So that was fun to get to watch you know, the small oh, town I live awesome. in be on Netflix, especially because they showed this one house of like this guy living in the bad part of town. And this person's house was bad. It had like boarded up windows and shit. But like, if they would have just zoomed out like two foot, you would have seen, he was like right next to a bank's IT center. That's like this really nice. Building. <laughs> like, it's just so funny. I was like, or like they're in a conversation and they're driving on one road and then they all of a sudden look up and they're like five miles on the other side of town. And you're like, wait a minute. They edited yeah. that, you know, like I just never thought about that shit until I saw it in like the town I live in. And I was like, oh, my God. Yeah. till you see it firsthand. Right. Yeah. We had a serial killer thing go on in Long Island. And it odd enough is like so it was like on the beaches and I live on the beaches. So it's like the road that is like next to my house. Um, but it, you're right. It's weird. It's weird to watch it on Netflix and be like, dude, I've taken that road a million times. You know, like I know all those places. Right. It's blows my mind. Um, but all right, man, I feel like I've taken up a whole lot of your time. Uh, when do you have new stuff coming out or do you have any plans at the moment? I know your uh, Cedar right. Creek I EP mean, came out recently ish. It seems like. Yeah. It came out like last month. Um, I, uh, I, I, I made a lot, a lot, a lot of music in, in the lockdown of COVID and all that. So, uh, now the next step is once, um, studios and engineers and stuff are willing uh, i mean i already recorded it so once it's all ready and willing i can go into a studio and get some like final mixes and final touches and then hopefully put out some new music soon well hell yeah man well if you ever want to be on our music podcast definitely send me a song we will definitely play it that'd be awesome um yeah dude let's do it 
And then, 100%. Uh, yeah, anytime, you know, if uh, you got something coming out, you know, calling the podcast. Uh, I don't know how long we'll keep this going. We're, we're over 200 episodes now, so I don't plan on stopping. So we'll see. Oh, that's awesome. Oh, uh, yeah, man. Let's do it. Dope. All right. Well, I appreciate it, man. Of course, brother. All right. Peace. Peace. I cried to my best friend today On a porch where we used to laugh and play Cause I don't know who to run to when I have these problems When my mom's real busy and my dad's real far away True love stop giving me the time of day Since my grandmother's passed away My anxiety attacks happen way too often Just give me one reason to feel okay Feel okay And he said Look at how your heart keeps beating The only reason that it's beating is you Look at how your heart keeps beating That's the reason you could beat things too When hearts break, no, they never break even I know it's sad, but it's goddamn true So look at how your heart keeps beating The only reason that it's beating is you Got a problem with drugs, I hate the shit that I do I lost a couple of friends, and a couple of screws I see these people from school, and they've been hoping I lose I even tried to escape, I packed it up and I moved I ended up in a state, without a plan or a clue I tried to write about love, I end up singing the blues And now I'm coming to you, my brother what do I do? And he said, look at how your heart keeps beating The only reason that it's beating is you So look at how your heart keeps beating That's the reason you can beat things too When hearts break, no, they never break even I know it's sad, but it's goddamn true So look at how your heart keeps beating The only reason that it's beating is you Look at how your heart keeps Keep